Welcome back to Get Unstuck and On Target. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders. Whether we're working with supervisors to improve their people skills, or it's me coaching a CEO one-on-one, -on -one, getting leaders and companies unstuck is at the heart of everything we do. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Each week, we invite great guests who share their hard-won experiences of getting themselves or others unstuck, back on target, and moving forward. And I hope it gets you unstuck and on target as well. Joining me is Rebecca Ilsley. Rebecca is the Chief Operating Officer of Thermocell Repellents. Prior to joining Thermocell, Rebecca held senior leadership roles with the Clorox company. Over the last 20 plus years, Rebecca has developed expertise in consumer packaged goods, supply chain, operations, strategy development, manufacturing, food science, quality, product development, and people development. And it's her passion for people development that we'll spend most of our time on today. Welcome, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's great to see you again. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's actually my pleasure. And those watching, though it's slightly out of camera, um, Thermosel Repellent is actually a product I'm familiar with. Uh, the O'Neill household has bought your products. But for those who don't know what that is, can you describe what Thermocell repellents do? I'm happy to do that. So we make a product to keto your life. And so our products safely create a 20-foot zone of mosquito-free area for you to enjoy the outdoors. And so our mission really is to enable people to get outside and enjoy the outdoors and be free of insects, free, free of those mosquito bites. So uh, we're really proud of the product that we make. Um, it's been very popular with people that love the outdoors and, and it's becoming even more popular with people that just like to hang out on their back patio and enjoy their family time. Um, and so we're, we have our operation right here near you, Mike, in uh, Buford, Georgia, where we uh, produce and manufacture products. And we're based out of the Boston areas where our headquarters are. Yeah, I appreciate that. You, you spent nearly years with the Clorox company. And just to kind of fill in some gaps, I think when people hear the term the Clorox company, they think of a bottle of bleach. And that's about where it stopped. I know we're not here to talk about the Clorox company, but just to give our listeners a little bit of feel for how um, you have kind of come to the role you're in right now. Can you describe some of the products that you had some involvement with in your tenure at the Clorox company? Sure. So I joined Clorox actually from the food industry, and I had a couple of roles in research and development with Pepsi and Coca-Cola prior to joining Clorox. And Clorox has a food business. And so I joined uh, primarily because of my quality and microbiology and food science background. They, they have a Hidden Valley Ranch uh, salad dressing brand, uh, Casey Masterpiece uh, barbecue sauce brand. And they also have a lot of personal, they have a lot of personal care products like Burt's Bees. They have a family of different brands, including Kingsford and Glad. Um, you know, 409, a lot of the cleaning products you'd see on the shelf, including uh, Clorox disinfecting wipes. But there's a family of products that people don't realize are actually part of the Clorox company. So when I joined the, the organization, I joined in the quality function primarily because they were looking for somebody that had that food science and microbiology of quality experience. Um, but from there, I went to a lot of different areas within the Clorox company, international roles, manufacturing roles as well as research and development roles. So I appreciate you sharing that because kind of know a little bit about your story and how you came to your role as COO. I think it is helpful to kind of set that backdrop because when 
you and I first met, we connected on LinkedIn and we had a conversation. We talked about a variety of things, but when we begin talking about um, your role as COO and how that has led to you working uh, with others from a career coaching standpoint um, to the importance of building a personal brand to even leaving a leadership legacy, you just lit up when we began that conversation. Yeah. And that's why I would love to just kind of continue that conversation on those topics. Why is others so important to you? I think for me, one of the things that, you know, lights me up, as you said, one of the things I'm most proud of is being able to help people realize their potential. I want everyone on my team to go home to their families and be proud and feel good about the day they spent at work. Um, and you know, I, my, I have a leadership legacy statement. I was had the opportunity to really think, be thoughtful about that and create a leadership legacy statement, which for me has been my true north. And it's all about unlocking the potential of the people on my team, being a talent magnet. I want people to want to come to work on my team, right? Mm -hmm. Be part of our, our organization. So I want to attract the best talent within the company and beyond. Um, and, uh, real, you know, enabling people to be business leaders. I want to, to lead with authentic leadership. And for that is, is essentially just that I love seeing people, um, reach their potential and, you know, excel in something that they're, that they love to do. Um, I love having, uh, folks on my team that, um, I know are, are doing what they love to do and are being stretched, being challenged and, you know, overcoming it, those challenges and meeting those challenges and really knocking it out of the park. I mean, that for me is really what, you know, brings me to work in the morning is the team that I get to lead. I love the term talent magnet. And that is you're trying to attract the right yes. people and in attracting the right people, the people look around, I'm assuming they say, you know what, I'm working side by side, other like-minded people who want to be here. You're a COO. You therefore understand kind of the bottom line. Why is being a talent magnet as a manager, why is that important to your company's bottom line? It's about strategy deployment. And, mm -hmm. you know, we we need to make sure that everything we're doing in operations and in, in my area of responsibility is lined up with the company's business goals and strategy. And one of the biggest strategies we have is people people development. We're not going to be, we're not going to accomplish anything without the right team, the right skills, capabilities on the team. And we, I want to make sure that I'm developing my folks on my team to, to be the best they could be. I personally think we have the best team and supply chain and operations in the company, in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, that's, that, that drives me, um, and making sure that we're aligned in everything that we're doing within our, our strategy is aligned with the business means we're all successful. Um, we want to make sure that we're delivering against our commitments to our functional partners in demand creation, especially in finance, right? And so we are responsible on our team for cost, on for delivering margin, um, and delivering supply, and making sure we're delivering it at the quality that um, that the consumers expect, right? We want to make sure we're delivering the consumer promise, and we want to make sure that everyone's having fun doing that and realizing their potential at the same time and doing it safely. And that everyone's going home the way they came in the in that day. So that's really, you know, essentially uh, why it's so important. I think for developing the right team, having the right uh, folks on your team, being that talent magnet, because you can't accomplish any of that without the right skills, capabilities of people. When you mentioned taking care of your customers, I 
purposely asked you to list some of the brands that you have been involved with over your career. And when people think of customers, they may think of those people who, who buy the products. You describe your team as you're supporting those who may be supporting the, the end customer. You're describing more internal customers, mm -hmm. if I heard that correctly. Um, how do you, as COO, convey the criticality of meeting the needs of your internal customers? In what ways do you make that real? Because you said authentic leadership is important. How do you make that relatable? So I, the one thing is important is that we make sure we collaborate with our internal customers. That I think is most real. So my team is making sure we're collaborating with our partners in marketing, sales, finance, we're working together to solve business problems. And that way, you know, you know, what's, I think if you can put yourself in their shoes, that's so important. Why is this important to them? You know, what is their goal? What is our goal? Sometimes those goals are different and there's tension in the organization intentionally. Mm -hmm. Sometimes though, those goals are the same. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, I think when you can find what the common purpose is and the common goal, or if the goals are slightly different, understanding why something's important to your internal customer, I think it is so, so critical. I think that's probably the key is just let's get together and talk about it in a room and let's collaborate to solve the business problem together. You know, before we get into career coaching and building a personal brand, I'd love to go back and have you elaborate a little bit on building a leadership legacy. And you said that you actually have that kind of written out. Um, well, could you share, and it, it may be what you have written out, but can you share why having such a legacy is important to key leaders, the folks listening to this episode right now. One of the things that I, I coach other people on is how will people know you were there? How will people know that Rebecca Ilsley was in this role? What is the legacy I want to leave behind? How do I want to make people feel about how they interacted with me, right? People mm. remember how they how you made them feel always, mm. not what you said. And I think it's it's really developing that true north, make sure that you are driving and aligning to what you personally want to leave behind in your career or in that role or with that that organization. I'll read my my personal legacy statement. I'd be happy to. Um, it's a little bit lengthy, but I'll, I'll read it. Um, I want to be, I have it written down over here on the side so I can read it for you. I want to be known as an inspiring leader. I want to be inspiring. I want people to be inspired to come to work for me every day. Who is authentic and motivates team members to unlock their potential. We talked about unlocking potential a minute ago. I want to accomplish this through coaching and developing engaged business leaders. And engaged business leaders are those leaders that know the strategy. They're aligned to the strategy. We spend time deploying that strategy. So they are very in the know on what they do every day and how that enables us to move forward and accomplish our goals. I will clearly communicate expectations to create strategic alignment, enabling growth and business results. Right. That's all very key is you cannot have a strategy or a leadership legacy that's going off on a different direction than the rest of the company. And my goal is to be a talent magnet, attracting and retaining top talent from across the organization and beyond. So that's, I think, really key for me is I can reflect on that. And am I am I still working in service of my leadership legacy? Is this is this work that I'm doing this week accomplishing what I want to leave behind in the organization? It's just sort of a way for me to circle back and stay centered and stay authentic into what I intended to do. I want my actions and my intent to be completely locked in, in a step. And I think this really helps to make sure that my true north, I know where I'm going and I know what where I want to uh, lead the organization and help the team. You know what I love about your description here? You refer to this as establishing your true north. And at least what goes through my mind is knowing your true north gives you direction. But when you write 
a leadership legacy, you're writing it from the perspective of a future point looking back. That's right. And you said something that also caught my attention, and that is I'm, I'm an analytical. So sometimes I look at situations from more that perspective. But you said not what did people think about working for Rebecca, what did they feel about working for Re Rebecca? And that's a powerful distinction, at least that I am drawing. Mm -hmm. um, is there a difference between those two perspectives, how people think about working for you or how they feel about working for you? And if there is a distinction, which of those do you find yourself most powerful? You can lead with the head and the heart. You know, I think there's a bit of both. Certainly people have to logically understand and align theoretically and analytically with the direction. Like, ab absolutely. However, they've got to they've come in with their heart. And that's really where they're going to give their best. You want everyone to be their best selves and they want them to want to be their best selves. And I think that's the feeling part, right? That's the emotional leadership piece. Um, you can think and lead intellectually, but people aren't going to follow you. So yeah. I think this, this theme around followership is such a strong thing. How do you get people to follow you? And I think that's the emotional connection. People will follow you with their heart, I think, more than they will with their, their you know, head. I mean, they have to obviously, things have to make sense. But at the same time, they have to be, want to be emotionally involved, invested in the strategy in where you're going. They want to believe in what you're, what, you know, you're leading them towards. I think that's the part that's so important. And I think, um, you know, having that emotional connection as a leader is so critically important. Yeah, I bring that up in large part in my coaching work. What I find is that sometimes people have the impression that they're supposed to mask emotion, particularly mm -hmm. the higher you go up the organization. And what I'm hearing you describe is very different than that. And that is uh, one of the first words you use in your your leadership legacy statement is you want to be an inspiring leader. And when I think of those who inspire me, it draws a feeling out of me, not necessarily a thought. And you also mentioned as part of fulfillment of that legacy that you want to coach others. And I'd like to shift a little bit to, to that. And that is how you have helped others from a career coaching standpoint. And what are the things you find keep coming up that you want to make sure that we talk about today. Sure. I think, you know, your theme of your podcast is unstuck, right? right? And so one of the things that I've helped that really unstuck me is understanding my own personal brand. And part of understanding your own personal brand is knowing yourself and how you're perceived by others. And this is something I coach people on a lot. So to answer your question on what, what I find that people repeatedly come, you know, come to me with is I don't know how to get to my next step. I don't know how to navigate my career. How did you get to where you are? A lot of people are very curious about that. And one of the biggest things that was an aha for me earlier in my career was this idea of a personal brand and knowing yourself and doing a lot of work around 360 feet back, diving in and finding the themes and figuring out my own perception of myself. How does that match to how people are perceiving me? And that 360 feedback is so incredibly powerful for that. Are there things that are aligned? Fantastic. Let's keep doing that. Are there things that are not aligned? Ooh, where's the miss and where's the gap? And do I want to do work to make sure that how I'm being perceived is how I want to be perceived? Uh, or are there things that I'm not going to do that work on or, or you know, that type of thing? So I think knowing the value that you 
that you provide, knowing yourself, first of all, knowing the organization, and then you can know how to manage your career and move through the organization and make the impact. Leading with results is always so critical. How do you make sure that what branding that you have for yourself, your own personal brand, is delivering the results that the company needs? And I think that was a very big unlock for me. It really helped me to get unstuck. That's how I help and coach others too to get unstuck is, hey, have you asked for feedback? Um, if, when you're asking for feedback, don't say, hey, can you give me some feedback? It's very specific. You know, ask for it ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to do a presentation and I'm working on having executive presence. Could you please come back to me after this presentation and let me know how I did on executive presence? Be very specific on those things that you're working on with people or for yourself so that they can give you very specific feedback rather than, oh, yeah, you did great. Um, and so I think that that can help to develop that personal brand. How do you want to show up? How do you want to be perceived? And then you can get to that place where, oh, yes, I am now matching. My personal brand is matching how I want to be perceived. Um, and so that was some work that I've, I've done, I think, that was really important. And I, I've used that a lot and leveraged that a lot to coach others. The beauty of what you just said is you already answered the question that I would typically ask. <laughs> and that is, you know, people come to you oftentimes feeling a sense of stuck in perhaps yes. their career progression. You described the criticality of self-awareness. Yes. Um, and making sure that how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you are aligned to the best of ability. But then you made this reference to personal brand. And some people might just assume, well, you're building a personal brand because you're marketing yourself as a candidate outside the organization. And I know that's partly the case, but in what ways does having a personal brand serve a person within their existing organization? Well, I think it's doing a self-reflection and knowing what your strengths are and you want to leverage those strengths. So for me, you know, I'm a, a technical business leader. I, I will always be a technical leader in a, in a way because I've got a technical background and a technical education. That's part of who I am and how I show up. I'm also, I have a passion for, for leading people and that's part of my brand also. I've got a background in consumer packaged goods. That becomes part of my brand and how I show up. And so it's not about I'm marketing myself necessarily. It's about, I want to know what value am I adding? Why am I there? Why am I at Thervisal and why am I here? My brand is to be a, an executive leader of people um, in operations and supply chain and technical aspects of the company. That's, that's kind of why I'm, why I'm here and that's my, that's my brand. And, and my role and the work I'm doing is very much in line and in sync with that personal brand. Um, so it's about, you know, you knowing yourself and knowing the organization and that you know how you can contribute to the organization. And it's a lot of personal reflection about where, where, what are your strengths and how do you, how can you add value? And that way that helps then if there's another career opportunity that comes up, is this aligned with my brand? Do I think based on what I know about myself that I can be successful in that opportunity? And for me, it enabled me to take a lot of leaps and a lot of adjacent moves to, into areas and spaces that I just I didn't necessarily have expertise in. So, you know, I was in quality and there was a role um, and I was I was comfortable there. I had a I had an education in food. I had a research and development background and a role came up at Clorox in research and development in cleaning products. Well, I didn't have experience in cleaning products, but I definitely knew research and development. And so I know about myself that I have those background and that strength. So I was able to make that leap to that next role. 
And that's how I, that's how I navigated my career was knowing, hey, does this opportunity align with who I am and what I know about myself? And can I be successful based on what my, what I know about myself? So I think that's more nuanced about what a personal brand can do for you. Rebecca, this is going to be a broad characterization, but let me make a stab at it. Um, as you know, I spent quite a few years in a corporate HR role, leading HR teams. And I liked it. I was good at it, but something was missing. And that led to me starting my own business that led to forming bench builders. But what I would say is that took a risk to walk away from a corporate role to become a business owner. When you mentioned that you were in a quality role, it played to your academic background, to your strengths. You probably were very comfortable but this opportunity in R&D came up that would have taken you out of that comfort zone. You made a decision to make that step. It might even been a leap for you. Was it, at the time, did it feel risky? It did feel risky. Um, I think for me, what I've done, though, is I've, I've always taken a leap or taken a step outside of my comfort zone and kept my toe dipped in something I was comfortable in. And so there's something I was familiar with and there's something that I wasn't familiar with. So I leaned into that knowing that this isn't entirely different. It's something I I, I have something to lean on if if you know from from a knowledge base standpoint. And that's so I went from from R D into leading contract manufacturing organization for Clorox, which was very different. But I had spent a lot of time in a lot of our contract manufacturers. So I knew who they were. I knew the technology. Um, I didn't necessarily know as much about contract manufacturing operations, but I learned it. And then from there, went back to the, the quality organization, but this time as the director of the global quality organization. So, you know, that that is sort of how that came full circle for me. Um, and then from there it was, okay, you've done operations and you've led an organization. Now you can lead a manufacturing organization. So director of manufacturing for the Kingsford brand at Clorox. Um, and from there, it was, okay, now you know research and development, you know quality, you know uh, supply and manufacturing and operations. You can lean in and become the, the chief operating officer of Thermosol. And that was a big uh, departure, right, in a, in a bigger scale and scope. But all the roles I had had leading up to that, I had stretched in and out of comfort zones, had you know, gave, given me the opportunity and the experience to come in and be able to lead a, a large organization like a thermosol. So, so I think that that's um, certainly all of those were risks, like all of those are risks. Um, and I think if you don't lean in and take a risk, you don't grow, right? I think that that's the way we don't, we only grow when we stretch. Um, there's that Rumi quote that I love, uh, the wound is where the light enters you. So, you know, you have to be willing to get, get a little bit bruised and wounded and, and take a risk and, and take some, um, take some shots if you want to grow and keep growing with the light. So I think that that's, that's, I think what has really driven me with my career. Yeah. As you're describing this, Rebecca, it seems to me, yes, you were taking a risk, but you were striving to stay true to you, to um, who you are, how you're made. Um, but you keep layered on new experiences such that in layering, you've continued to kind of round out your capabilities. You know, I've never done an episode on risk taking per se, but that's something that kind of is emerging from this conversation. It seems to me if I'm working with key decision makers, more often than not, they have to make decisions, sometimes risky decisions. And I guess what I would say, how would you describe your comfort level with taking risk 
How has that progressed over your career? I'd say I've become much more comfortable with it. And that might be partly where I am in the organization, um, knowing in the experience. I think the more risk you take, the more you learn how to manage and mitigate risk, the more you're willing to take. So part of the risk taking risk is understanding what your contingency plans are. And if you've gone through, I think, risks that haven't turned out the way you wanted, you know, you survived them. <laughs> so you, you know, you, you've survived it if it didn't go to turn out the way you want. If you've gone through risks and it turned out better than you expected, then you know it was worth taking the risk. And I think complacency is death in an organization and in a business. You cannot, you cannot operate that way. And the only way they're going to grow is if you continue to take risk and lean in smartly, right? You, you, with responsibility. And that part of that responsibility is communicating what the risk is, gaining alignment to everyone who's impacted by that risk going through the contingency plans, having those in place should something go not the way you want it, and learning from it, right? I think one thing is of leaders, if you want your teams to take risks, the way you show up when things don't go the way that you want it is critical for them to take another risk. So if you show up as a leader after your something didn't didn't go well, and you are in your attitude and the way you, you uh, handle that situation is poor, your organization will never take another risk. You have to have a learning mindset. And that I think is key for uh, being able to take risk. Risk in career and business risk also. The, the career risk, obviously, it's, it's, it's for you and your family. That's the risk you're taking together. But with the business risk, it's a different, it's a different um, process, but it's still this, a similar approach, I think. You know, Rebecca, we have covered a lot of different things in this conversation. But as you reflect on it, what do you want to be the takeaways for our listeners? I think key is know yourself, do the work, figure out your own personal brand, how you add value, what you're leaving behind in an organization. What are those footsteps? How do people know you were there? And what is that le leadership legacy you want to, you know, accomplish in your career? Let that be your true no north as you navigate those risks that you can take in your career. Rebecca, you've offered a lot of great guidance today. If folks want to learn more about you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I'd say through LinkedIn is probably LinkedIn. the best way. So get on to LinkedIn and you can search search my name. I think I might be the only Rebecca Ilsley on LinkedIn. I'm not, it's not a very common name, so you could find me easily. Um, and, and just send me an email. I'm happy to connect. Um, and I do really, really appreciate the time, Mike. It was a lot of fun. Well, I do appreciate that. And just for the those who are listening, Rebecca, let me spell R-E-B-E-C-C-A. And correct. last name is Ilsley, I-L-L-S-L-E-Y. And yes. I think you're right. Uh, if you type that in um, to LinkedIn, the Rebecca uh, will, will pop up. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing um, your perspectives and clearly your passion today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Appreciate it. Also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. For even more insights about getting unstuck and moving your business forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Bottom Line newsletter. And you can do that by going to bench-builders.com. You know, I have found that the clients we work with, they usually had one of two problems. Either they were frustrated because they were losing the employees that they wanted to keep, or their leaders they found themselves stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day -day, and they're failing to execute on their long-term strategy. So if you're listening and high turnover or poor execution, if it's slowing your growth, let's talk. Head over to bench-builders.com 
to schedule a call. So I want to thank you again for joining us. And I hope you have picked up on some quick wins from Rebecca that will help you get unstuck and on target.